From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. We've got uh, interesting discussion tonight, as we always do. We like to think that we do. Yeah. We've got a couple <laughs> of debates for you that are uh, hopefully outside of the uh, Subaru WRX discussion that we've been having lately. It seems like we've been talking about these cars but, a lot. And, but uh, both people brought them up. Both people still mentioned them as options. They, they are the enthusiast option. They, they exist. Which I, I was reading through these, uh, reading through the emails and thinking, all right, I'm going to try to steer away <laughs> from the Subaru WRX. And uh, I've got some suggestions. We've got first Jason up in Washington State. He is in Port Angeles. And a uh, little shout out to uh, to Washington Pacific Northwest. My family actually lives in Tacoma, so I know that area pretty well. Uh, Jason is writing in. He's 24 and looking for what's next after a pickup truck. And as we've said, he's kind of not liking Yay. the pickup truck thing anymore after everybody asks him to move or move stuff or whatever. So he's trying to get out of the pickup <laughs> truck, which I see. I can I get that. And uh, the second car debate for today is Steve. He's in SoCal, and he lives near Ortega Highway, which tells me he's down in Orange County and is commuting. Which is a gorgeous and, uh, road. It's gorgeous. It's a it's a driver's road. It is probably the go-to yeah, road, definitely. Highway 74, for driving enthusiasts and, uh, uh, yeah, anybody who loves driving down there. And he's got a yeah, commuter there, Honda awesome. Element and wanting to get out of that and thinking about getting something more towards the fun car, maybe keeping the element, maybe getting rid of it and putting all the funds towards something fun, but we'll have some suggestions for Steve as well. You're at the right place, place Steve. we got to get you into something fun for <laughs> yeah, sure. We do. Absolutely. Yeah, we do. But first, we actually want to talk about uh, a couple of random things. They're kind of joined under the same banner. They both just happened, and they both relate to expenses we at the show don't normally incur, and they've been on our brain because... Boy, would they cost a lot should we do them. And the first one is really random, and the second one relates to uh, the, the Ken Block. He's back. Gymkhana 7 wow. just dropped. Actually, today, as we're, as we're recording this, it dropped. We've yeah, both seen it. You've probably today. seen it as well. And, uh, and this past weekend was another event that related to, to us and money. And, and let me start at the beginning. There was a lemons race this past weekend down in Houston, Texas. Now, I grew up in Houston. I went to all the way through high school there when I wasn't living overseas. I was living in Houston. And uh, last, well, not last year, the beginning of this year, when we posted our Corvette C7 review, if you want to go back that far, I have a Facebook friend. I had a very small graduating class, so we're all Facebook friends, of course, which means we know each other perfectly. But I have a Facebook friend that I graduated high school with. I, I you know, let's be honest. We, we know each other in high school. We're not really friends since then, but I absolutely know him. He's, he's, he's a good guy. So he contacts me out of the blue. Didn't even know he watched the show. Contacts me out of the blue right around January, February this yeah, year. This was says, way back hey. in January when we were talking about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was putting together a lemons race. He had a Porsche 944. The lemons race is going to be in November. Do you guys want two of the seats? We need we need four drivers. Me and my buddy are two of them. We have the car. Why don't you guys come? And we thought, now that sounds awesome. Because, of course, we're thinking about making a film. We want yeah. to share it with you guys. We want to share the whole experience of lemons. We've talked about lemons before, but the truth of it is the cost of us in both money and time 
of getting a car, wrenching on a car, getting it to the lemons race, all of that money and time is much better served us making more content. So we've never really thought about it. But Although, this is just a situation where it's, all we've right. been talking about this all year, dreaming and thinking and could we, could we make yeah. it work financially? Yeah. Could we get the time away? Could we do this? We've been thinking about this all well, year we, long. We have been, but but one of the reasons we were thinking about it is because the cost for us was less than the whole let's get a car cost. It was going to split split fuel and tires, and then we had to gear right. up. Which is, now, the, the, expensive. that's the thing. The gear up. If you do the gear up cheap for lemons, you've got to get your, your fire retardant suit. and I mean, the whole the whole kit, the gloves, the, the shoes, the suit, the full face helmet. We have open face helmets for you guys for the show, but we'd have to right. get a uh, right. full face helmet. We'd have to get the whole rig. We'd have to figure out totally different microphones for running on a race scenario. So there was a decent amount of cost for us in just gear. Haven't even gotten there yet, just gear. So we were thinking about that. And then we did our movie, <laughs> Mid-Engine of <laughs> the Mountains. We finished shooting that, and we looked yeah. at the account for the show and went, <clears throat> problem. Yeah, yeah. Because, because we're excited about Mid-Engine of the Mountains. We can't wait to share that with you. I, I Actually, we've got a first rough cut. We've been reviewing it today, looking at it as we start to refine it. It's coming soon, early December. That film will be out. But the cost of it, we're out into debt, planning to make it back off of what we spent on the film like we did I'm, last I'm year. I'm excited about the film. Every our... time, yeah, you guys are really going to enjoy it. I hope you buy it, download it. It's going to be great. But, yeah, just thinking back as the cost we incurred on this film and then trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. do this Lemons race in addition. Woo! So I had to, Man. sadly, I had to call my friend and just say, uh, we can't, we can't swing it. We can't go even further into the red to try to get, uh, to try to get this done. I mean, we really uh, wanted to yeah, do the race. We, we were to. really bummed. So then I was staying close in contact with him this weekend as they, they trucked the 944 and he sent me a photo and it looked amazing. They have kind of a, a joking martini livery and it looked great. And I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. And that sounds amazing. One hour into the race, they blew their engine and they were done. I One hour in. I mean, you called me this morning and said, gave me this information. I couldn't believe this. And all I could think was, what if we had spent all that money on plane tickets, on all of our gear, the helmet, um, you know, flying people in for helping us shoot, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. GoPros. Yeah. We were going to festoon the car with GoPros to get more angles and we'd be done. And as you pointed out this morning, we probably wouldn't have been in the seat to begin with because it's their car. They oh, probably would have wanted to take it yeah, out we, first. We wouldn't have had, we wouldn't have had first. You know, we both would have had good stints, but we wouldn't have had first. Understandable. Stint. So but, we would have come away with oh, uh, a lot of nice race gear, but uh, <laughs> no peace. So the good thing for us, and I, I really do feel sorry for them, and that is the, uh, the, the good and bad reality of Lemons. Lemons is, all things considered, cheap racing, cheap way to get into racing. But you still can blow an engine. Well, it still can be pricey, I mean, and the whole weekend can be done. That was going to be the point of the shoot: is look what we did, look what we can get into for oh, yeah, yeah. gentlemen racing for such a low price, relatively speaking to to racing. But still, I, I mean, I feel sorry for those guys because they put in money too. Yeah. Of course, I mean, yeah, yeah. They, oh, they absolutely, the car, tons of time. These guys are all year long. I mean, yeah, we definitely feel for them, but we're looking at each other, going, "Okay, this is uh, <laughs> what if we had and." Yeah. What can you do? Just have a go, have a good so, weekend in Houston. I mean, is yeah. that possible? <laughs> so we hope those guys are up and running soon. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, the lemons thing's the exciting, and I want to share that with you guys at some point, and hopefully we will. But I was just thinking about the cost of that, and then thinking about the cost of that. Then we both saw the Jim Connor video today, and then talk about cost. Wow. 
I am still sitting here astounded by what it must have cost to make that film. But both of these things, the Lemons thing and this, relate in the fact of these are things we don't normally have to spend money on. And once we do, the cost of our, our shoots would go through the roof. I, oh, I, yeah. I was looking at oh, that yeah. Jim Connor thing, and the I, I'm just I'm floored by the amount of money just in okay, just separately. In off-duty police officers who you hired for the day to sit there in their car, just in that cost alone, forget everything else they did. Just in that cost, they had a lot of. We cop could do the cars show for years in that video. They had a lot of extra oh, yeah, stuff yeah. going on. I mean, because you and I are so closely involved with production, I now look at videos like that through the lens of logistics mm-hmm. and production and getting things done and closing roads, and I think, oh wow. I mean, the driving aside, and and kudos to Ken. He's a phenomenal, world-class driver. And I'm looking at that going, just the logistics alone for timing. I mean, he's driving Mm -hmm. past, you know, he's closing freeways. Closing freeways during the day. That big sweeper. The 105-110 sweeper. The 105-110 sweeper, which is a fantastic bit of road, by the way, in L.A. Huge sweeper up, shows you downtown. Amazing piece of road. (laughs) Very easy to go fast there. A lot of fun. (laughs) Yes, it is. But but the thing is, nobody's ever got that closed. You've closed that intersection. I just, there are not enough quiet Sunday mornings on the planet in L.A. to accomplish what they did without an exorbitant cost. But I want to talk about one section in particular as far as cost is concerned. I don't know if you've thought about this. Forget the car cost. Forget all the cops involved. Forget all the just logistics that get you through the, the meat of the piece. Let's just look at the end credit sequence. Yeah. <laughs> the end credit sequence is just around the Hollywood sign. Yeah. Now, logistically, yeah. it's simple. It's just, what does he need to do? Well, Ken needs to drive up a road and do donuts in a parking lot. That sounds like the easiest part of the thing, except <laughs> it's the Hollywood sign. Now, nobody I don't know. has access to this. Nobody goes up there. I mean, nobody. I mean, you can't just. Yeah, I mean, you can you can hike up there. Time. The cops may give you trouble, but here's yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing that I don't know if everybody knows. I don't know if you know this, Paul. The Hollywood sign is a licensable item. Somebody owns the visual rights to the Hollywood sign. If you see it in a movie or a TV show, the people that own the rights got paid for that sign to be shown. Oh no, I didn't know. Doesn't that. Doesn't matter. Wow. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. That is a licensable icon that you have to pay money for. I don't remember who owns it, but film studios. You see the Hollywood sign in a movie or a TV show. Somebody got paid for that. Oh okay? wow. So now. Step beyond that into we want to do our own production. We want to lock down this parking lot. We want to shoot our own stuff in and around the Hollywood sign. The licensing goes over and above. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. <laughs> obviously, don't know the numbers. But my guess is, my, my joking guess is, the cost to shoot the in credits Hollywood sign piece probably would be less than, I mean, more than we have spent on the entire run of our show. Yeah. And don't forget and that's the, the chopper shots. That entire thing was that's, chopper I'm saying, shots. I'm saying. That's the end credits. That's all we're talking about. Forget forget closing L.A., just the Hollywood side portion. What we're, what we're learning here is whether you want to race in lemons or you want to shoot a Gymkhana video, this is nothing money can't solve. So you can see that, you know, when we look at videos like this, we appreciate it just like everybody else. But there's the bigger picture. There's the cost behind it and logistics and timing because – when you're doing that video, you get one shot. You don't get multiple takes to close freeways and all that stuff. It's, okay, guys, you've got 10 minutes or 15 minutes, maybe. You you have to get the shot. There's no other way well, around I'd actually it. like to know the... I'd like to know the answer on that because obviously you can see he's got multiple tire treads. He's done multiple, multiple. Sure, takes but you know that was just before the cameras got, rolled, or they, maybe it was the same. They take. certainly don't have. 
Maybe. They certainly don't have days. And the other thing about no. it is it's not like they closed all of that on the same day. They did like this section on this day, this section. I, mean, I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm just thinking about it. It could have been shot in sections, plan this. certainly. But, I mean, he you closed know, the 110 sure freeway sections, but I mean, he drove oh, the wrong well, way yeah. on the 110. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Unreal. Yeah, it's 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 astounding the amount of money that was spent on that piece. And, and I have to side note for a second. The Internet... The internet is so uh, we're so cynical now. Yeah. I don't know if you looked at any of the yeah. comments, Paul, but there are people I going, did. "Well, that wasn't very good." And I'm going, "Okay, does this man have to set himself on fire and launch himself into space to impress us anymore?" Because <laughs> Which still won't be because impressive. short of because somebody did that yeah, already. Because too. short of short of the. Fa- <laughs> Short of the fact that he's done six of these before, all of which are jaw-dropping in their own degree. Uh, Other than that, if this video dropped out of nowhere, we would all be jaw-dropped. Because we've done this before, we're all just kind of like, well, I don't know. I thought the last one or whatever one was better. And I'm sitting here going, are we this cynical? Free content at this level. Yeah, we're this desensitized. Absolutely. And people are used to it because of just amazing Hollywood production and video games. And everybody's just used to content like this and it it costs money and time and i am wowed i I mean kudos to ken and his driving (laughs) ability and just the ability to pull this off i'm a huge fan huge admiration part of me part of me would like to see what the budget for that shoot was and another part of me (laughs) thinks it would send me into horrible bouts of depression so we'll just we'll leave it alone there you know what because wow very impressive (laughs) with that budget we could probably buy everybody who writes in to the car debate here we could buy them the car that they're debating (laughs) <laughs> Not only do we think you should buy this car, we've bought it for you. Exactly. It will be delivered tomorrow, courtesy of Ken Block. Un- anyway. Unbelievable. So speaking of which, we'll, <laughs> s- we'll jump to our first car debate with Jason up in Port Angeles, Washington. Jason, thank you so much for writing in. There's a question that you've got uh, in here. I, uh, I'm intrigued to answer this, and this is off topic, but you asked how we get such good audio on this podcast. And you know that we're not yeah. even in the same room. And our goal is to make it sound like we're in the same room, but we don't. We each have yep. actually yep. our own sound booth, and we're on a Skype call here. We're on a on a Google Hangout call and edit everything together. So just yeah, like we were, we're recording separately and seeing each other, yeah. and we're recording separate clean audio and and joining it together, which like most everything else we do <laughs> is the hard way to do it, but the quality ends up better as a result. Yeah. We want you guys to be able to hear us both clearly. And uh, and so we do really simple. I mean, we say sound booth. That's overstating what we're doing. But we're oh. doing simple sound booth, similar setups on both yeah. sides, and a little simple a bit of editing. And hey, look, podcast. Hey, so let's talk about. Uh, it is. It's just that easy. You know, <laughs> five, five minutes. You take. Hey, you know what? While we're here, shout engine. Get your own damn podcast. You know, <laughs> exactly. Chris Hayes would love you. Chris has been. Chris has been great to us. He's yeah, been if fantastic. you want to do a podcast, yeah. do it. It's not honestly the cost of entry on a podcast is is surprisingly low, which is nice, and we're glad about that. We're glad you guys are listening, and hopefully you can clearly hear us. That is the point. Yep. All right. So here we go. Uh, Jason started out with a 1996 Volkswagen Jetta two two liter engine and a five speed, and then upgraded to an 04 Mach one, and that was the uh, Mustang from that year. Um, I honestly, I don't know how much it snows up in Port Angeles, but it really does sound like that's not a big part of the equation, the buying equation for you, Jason. And, uh, looks like you got a truck and you've sort of lived with this Ford Ranger that you've got, 08 Ford Ranger, Mm -hmm. because you've got Mm -hmm. a dirt bike. And yes, as you can see, they are useful, but everybody asks Jason for help. Hey, I'm moving stuff. Oh, you've got a pickup (laughs) truck. Hey, want to be my best friend? And it happens. I mean, if you drive a pickup truck, you could probably, you probably uh, guess that's the case. Um, 
so Jason wants to get back into a car and has, uh, well, you can sell the Ranger, sell the Ford Ranger, and, yep, uh, yep, and yep. figure out maybe a financing top of that to put you right at the top end for a $20,000 price range. So we're looking in that range and something yeah, fun, 20 grand or less. something that's a car. I, I think that our uh, suggestions are going to lean more towards, yes, it's got to be fun, but it's going to be useful. You've, you're going to commute. You're not going to mind just living in it for two to three hour drives. Yeah. I think that's going to be fine. So I, I think that's where my, most of my suggestions are going to lie rather than just well, some hardcore sports car, really. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got to have some usability. He mentions in here that he's looked at both the Miata and the MR2 because – he can't afford those. We've talked about them before on the show. Mm-hmm. So we are talking, I mean, kudos to you. You are talking, Jason, about rear-wheel drive, stick shift. You are thinking about focused cars. Your problem with the Miata MR2 equation is that you don't have really any good storage space. And so you really would like yeah. to have more than just two seats if you can or halfway decent storage space. These are your questions. So you're just looking for a little bit more livable car than those are. I've got a couple. One of the things I think is funny is there you are, Pacific Northwest. You kind of don't want the typical Subarus, the WRXs, the Legacies, <laughs> yeah, the Foresters, because you feel like you see them so much, you'd like to get something else. Nothing wrong with them, of course. Even you acknowledge that here as well. It's just you'd kind of like to have something more unique than that. So it's an interesting, interesting discussion. Where are you on this, bud? You know, I thought about uh, something Japanese or Korean, probably front-wheel drive and certainly turbocharged, because... I think that adds to the fun equation like crazy, as you will see in the mid-engine and mountains film, that I am increasingly addicted to boost. I am really loving turbos more and more. And so (laughs) a lot of my choices here are are turbocharged, front-wheel drive. You know, front-wheel drive cars are still fun. We've driven plenty that are fun. I drove some at track day that I I just thought was a hoot. It was great. And uh, so I've got some suggestions here, two from Hyundai, and that that is actually a car that we haven't driven. That is the Veloster Turbo. We drove the Veloster, sure. which we really liked, and thought, all right, if this were turbo, for what it is, yeah, it'd be even it better. Is. It actually is, would be a really fun car. I I'd yeah. say investigate that or the Genesis Coupe 2.0 because both of those are available with the manual transmission. So. Uh, I had the Genesis Coupe on my list, too. I think that's worth looking at. And to be honest with you, you can look at the 2-liter turbo. You also, for your money, you want to go a couple years used. You could get the the better V6 in that as well. Get a 6-speed. It has uh, usable 2 plus 2 back seats. It's got a decent size about it. Um, it's you know it's it's roughly Mustang sized you know approximately mm-hmm. the size of a Mustang as right. far as usability and that kind and of thing. Rear wheel drive. I think you could get a lot. Yeah, I think you could get a lot for your money in a Genesis Coupe, and you know it's not as hardcore or as focused as the Miatas and MR2s of the world, but it is going to be fun in just about every situation. I think the Genesis Coupe is a great call. I think it is. I've got three more and one wild card. And those three are okay. the Mazda Speed 3. We liked that car a lot. Front-wheel drive, but sure. lots sure. of power and a fun car to drive. Yes, I also definitely. Have, and that's, that's um, a decent all-weather car, too. Yeah, all-weather car. I came back to our uh, review when we reviewed that Hyundai Veloster. We paired it up with a Civic mm-hmm. Si, which I remember liking. There were some things that I didn't like about it. It might not be for you, but it is for certainly a lot of people. And that's a front-wheel drive, fun car. You can really hammer on that thing and ring it out, and it's actually great not gearbox. Bad. I mean, that's yeah. Honda's gearboxes are astounding. The six-speed in that is great. It really is. I, I, I don't know. The, the generation of the SI that we drove uh, for the show, I found a little disappointing. We got in the more recent one at the recent track day. I did find that better. 
Uh, I just I kind of want to put Jason into something that is rear wheel drive. So I'm just having trouble running with you on the front wheel drives. But okay. I see why you're there. I do get why you're okay. there. Okay. All right. My last front wheel drive suggestion is a Mini Cooper S. We've driven the Cooper S. Sure. We love that car. I see that. And you could find them all day long in the $20,000 and under price category. Those are fun cars mm-hmm. to drive. But my wild card they genuinely is fun. rear wheel drive. And it does fit the price point. Uh, I'm looking back through. I'm scrolling back through here. And you said uh, you don't maybe don't mind working on some things. You're not afraid to get dirty. And uh, you might want to wrench on a few things yourself. Okay, so my wild card is an O3, the E46 BMW M3. And I looked up your zip code, hmm. Jason, hmm. and I found a fair amount, O3s and O4s, under $20,000. Uh, $20, now, they've probably got between 80,000 and 120,000 miles on them. But if you hmm. take care of a BMW, it's going to run a long time. There's plenty of 200,000 plus mile cars, as evidenced by your girlfriend. You've said she's got a 96 three series yeah now with a bunch of with a bunch of miles you're right a lot of miles on it you know if you find one that's been just driven maybe commute you could get into something really fun there you could get into something fun my concern is just i mean you're right a bmw theoretically can run forever if you keep throwing parts at it that's the thing and this this is a this is a finicky car as german cars can be i mean they're thoroughbreds this is a finicky car it's not a car where well this thing's gone wrong i'll just ignore it for a while do not do that on a german car certainly don't do that on an m3 so once things break you need to go fix them now if you're up of that demeanor you want to do that i think the m3 don't get me wrong that e46 is a very fun car we're a big fan but there are those ownership realities that have to be considered and you have to kind of figure out okay because you talk about you're not that close to major cities so mm-hmm. getting an e46 main, maintained i i wonder about that scenario though i can't i can't debate the quality of the car as far as fun is concerned that's yes fun you would enjoy it absolutely i think you'd love that and i was encouraged by your writing in jason about uh you know, you've got limited mechanical experience. I was kind of encouraged by that. And I, maybe I'm reading into that a little bit too much, but thinking, all right, maybe you could start to do your own oil changes and maybe brakes and start to save yourself a little money. And then, you know, the big stuff, of course, take it to a mechanic. uh, Maybe the ownership experience would, you know, you'd really enjoy it despite, you know, keeping on top of maintenance, maybe the, the trade-off would be worth it. So it's only uh, something Hmm. that you can decide, but there you go. Those are my suggestions. I, I hope they help. And please write back and let us know what you, uh, end up getting because two anything others. out of a Ford Ranger <laughs> should be better. So, uh, it's going well, to feel quite a bit better. I mean, I've got two others, actually. Okay. I want to mention right. two others while we're here uh, for Jason. And I think we have, to, we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room car, and that is the F4S or BRZ. You could go one year old with 20 grand in your pocket and get one of those. Yep, sure uh, could. I, now, look, coming out of a Ranger, I don't think your wow, this underpowered problem is going to really strike you. I think you're going to love the dynamics. It has rear seats. It's going to get fantastic gas mileage it's going to be fun to drive it is not going to be as fast as some of the other things we've mentioned the speed three would kill it the genesis coupe would kill it if you're just talking about speed of course if i don't know what kind of roads you're going to be on if you're going to be commuting on a freeway when most of you're driving and the way you're using this car yeah you'll find eventually it's going to feel underpowered if you're winding up on some fun roads the brz frs you can't ignore it you need to at least drive it and then my wild card All right, curious. is a car that, yes, 20 grand, rear-wheel drive, you can find one, Nissan 370Z. For You're 20 grand? A 09. 
Yeah, you're going to be dealing with an 09 or maybe a 2010. You're going to be a little little older, but for 20 grand, you really can find one. I even looked it up to make sure I wasn't insane, and I'm not insane. I mean, other about other things, but not this. You really could get a six-speed <laughs> 370Z, significantly faster than the BRZ. That car has got a great. Yeah, that's engine. got power, really. It's 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 a genuinely fun car. Every time I drive the 370, I am surprised again by what a fun car it is. My problem with the 370 is this, and again, I'm a former Z owner. I really like the car. New, the way you want them, they're too expensive yeah. for what you're getting. But used, 20 grand, you can really get one. You can absolutely get one that's not terrible for mileage. It's going to have less mileage than the, the Beamers we're talking about. Less mileage. Hmm. It's Japanese. That engine's going to run really well. Six speed, that would be a genuinely fun car. My, my tops for you would be Genesis Coupe or 370Z. They are slightly different variations on the same theme. They have very different personalities, but you really could get there, 370Z. Sure. I like that Nissan suggestion because of the reliability. I'm just surprised that uh, values have kind of gone off a cliff. I thought those held their values better for some reason. Even those, Not really. Uh, Not really. those uh, earlier mm. model 370s. But that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like that for the re- reliability. And if you can find mm-hmm. for twenty grand, oh man, buy it. Yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I was reminded eight, how fun that car was at, at our recent track eight, day. It's a great car. Agreed. Eighteen to twenty grand for an 09 or a twenty ten. Yes, you could absolutely do that. I like I think that a it's lot. Definitely worth looking at, Jason. We should probably move on to Steve, who's writing to us in SoCal. This this is the guy that is commuting on Ortega Highway, which. As far as commutes go, is a pretty nice day right there. That is. 90 miles round trip on Highway 74, which if you have not experienced this road, it's uh, Southern California's equivalent to uh, a lot of the roads in Malibu, or maybe, uh, even though we haven't driven it, maybe Mm, Tail of the Dragon, maybe not quite that road, but it's a fun road. No. It gets a lot of traffic on weekends, but wow, I, I can't believe you're commuting on that road. But yeah, you definitely need something fun. Get rid of the Honda Element. You've got 150,000 miles on that. And I'm reading through your prior list of, the, of cars you have owned in the past. And I'm looking at yeah, these. Interesting and I'm, list here. I'm, I'm noting that you are kind of a muscle car fan here, Steve. You've got a, yeah. uh, wow, 1979 Mazda RX-7. That was the original RX-7. That's the oddball. Everything else is just wow. American iron of some kind. It yeah. is. Got a Fiero on here, Mustang GT, Camaros, Corvettes. Wow, you are a kind of a muscle car guy. So I, I'm noting there are no European cars on that list. Wondering what your feelings <laughs> about European cars are. But Steve is debating two different scenarios. The first is keeping the Honda Element and getting a fun car and having less to spend, or selling sure. the Honda and getting something completely different that would put him into something a little bit newer because at that point he's got more money to spend. So yeah, a couple of different options that we could talk about, but I'm kind of leaning towards getting rid of the Honda Element. You've had it probably for a long time. It's got a lot of miles on it. And if you're on that road especially, it's not just a commute on the freeway kind of road. So take advantage of True. what you've got, True. I kind of feel like. Uh, what are you feeling? Well, I mean, I I was looking at the, the numbers here. I mean, I'm guessing, based on some of the stuff he said he's looked at, if he keeps the Element, that in that scenario he's looking at uh, probably 10 to 12 grand usable money. In the other scenario he's looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of about 20, 25 uh, so, you know, that's two very different buying scenarios. I mm-hmm. 
Of course, I would love for you to not have the element and to buy just a fun car, Steve. That might not be reality. If you really can yeah. unload it and you really can get a reliable fun car, spend your full 20, you have a lot more options. I've got options actually in both camps. Okay. I ended up trying to stay at that kind of high teens kind of range, high teens, maybe 20 grand, just to kind of split the difference. I think you really have to ask yourself, what are you using the element for? If it literally is just a commute car and you can unload it, then unload it. If it's something where, hey, I put my bike in it and I, you know, the dog and I go somewhere, then keep it. Why not keep running? Sure, I can it's see that. Keep running. I can see that. So I think it really depends on on because that's the one thing I don't know on your on your description here. I don't know how you use the Honda element. If it's just I'm just driving, then yeah, unload it. If it's I use some of the usability of it being a box on wheels, then why not keep it and and, and use your money that you have left over to get something that is just focused fun. You know, uh, Steve, you've got on this list that you're considering the BRZ and a turbo BRZ. I think you and everyone else that would pique their interest <laughs> if there was yes. a turboed anything from Toyota or Subaru for the for the FRS or the BRZ. Yeah, we'd recommend that in a heartbeat. But uh, some other options that are uh, that you're considering here looks like uh, earlier Corvette C6, kind of back to the Corvette mm-hmm. thing. You've already had two though, and so I'd say there's other cars in the planet, just like you know. Trader Joe's, that two buck chuck wine. Everybody thinks that's great wine. And I say there's more to the world of wine than two buck chuck. Let's try to expand our territory. So nicely, I'm well, saying, here's the thing. how about other things? Yeah, but in, in defense, real quick, of Steve's interest in Corvettes. I hope I'm not coming C6 across as harsh because that's not my point. I'm just the, sort of like. I, the C6 is genuinely a really good Corvette. The C7 is a, is a leap. Even the C7 better. is a leap better. The C6 is the I first think. Corvette where yeah. I actually drove the Corvette and went, okay, all right, okay, I can see it. And I've recommended it before on the show. The C6 is a good Corvette. I, I wouldn't steer you away from it if that's something you really want. However, as Paul said, you've owned a couple of Corvettes already. Yeah. Let's move on to something else. And let's I'm not trying to be harsh. Out. I'm really I not. That I hope that didn't come across that way. I'm just trying to say, let's branch out. There's more toward the world of yeah. cars and driving than I Corvettes. I, I see that. Let's get out there. Um, and so of what course, are you so you're going to you're now going to want me to follow up that with some suggestions here. I come back yep, to the BMW M3 again, just thinking, wow, that car does so much because it's so practical, and we've loved just about every generation we drove. We've even drove the new uh, the new M4 for however much money that thing was. But even going back through all the generations, like eighty, <laughs> yeah, you know, we've we really love that car, and I think why we keep recommending this car is because if you get it with a six speed, you're less prone to run into transmission reliability issues with that SMG on the E46 mm-hmm. models. The DSG, yeah. if you could get into something, you know, that DSG is a great transmission. I don't no worries yeah, there. Yeah, I don't think for his money there's any chance of him getting into a but not if you keep the element. I mean, got the, yeah, not if you keep that Honda. The, the DCT um, in it. Yeah. And so I'm I'm thinking if you can get the six speed E46, that'll bring the price of the car down and there'll be less worries about, you know, future repair bills for that transmission and just quirkiness and that kind of thing, even though it's good. But it's certainly a little more traditional, yeah. You know, more, more traditional. traditional. It's I, just, on that. I, I keep coming back to the M3 for me just because it's so practical and it's so dynamically good. It's It takes advantage. Mm. I could see it, you know, I could picture you really enjoying yourself and you need to go to the beach, you need to go to dinner it's the go-to do everything car and it could actually replace the honda element i mean like todd said i don't know what you use it for but you could put a bike rack on the top instead of in the back or you know there's ways around this so 
Um, Fair point. I mean, I, yeah. I, I split this into two. I split this into two categories, and that is the okay. Let's say you got ten to twelve grand because you're keeping the element. You listed a few things that were interesting. You went all the way back to a Corvette C4 ZR1, the '93 Mustang Cobra. You've got the uh, the old mid '90s uh, Mazda RX-7 on here. Cool car if you can find one unmolested. Not the best yeah. for you know. How do I get this worked on? Uh, you've talked <laughs> about the late '90s Camaro SS. Uh, okay, I, I the Trans Ams of that era, the the C5 Corvette. Look, these are not bad cars. My my issue with the the larger American Iron there is just that's not a great era for American cars for interiors or for nimble handling. They've got power. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't have nimble handling or cars that where you get in the interior and you don't think, wow, this is dated because it is dated mm-hmm. in that era. So I'd kind of like to get you out of that era in those cars. One car you don't mention, though, for that 10 to 12 grand, and I've got to throw it out there, where's the 300ZX? The Nissan 300ZX. I mean, you may have trouble finding an unmolested one of those, too. But in spite of their reliability issues, I think they are more reliable and easier to work on and find parts for than that RX-7 would be. They're not quite as nimble as the RX-7, but they are more nimble than the Camaros and the Trans Ams of this similar era. They don't have the grunt, but they are sure. more nimble. Well, if you're and at that $25,000 price car. point, uh, you could get No, a... I'm, talking, I'm talking 10 to 12. I'm talking the 10 oh, to 12 scenario you, where he keeps the element. Oh, if you keep the Honda element? I see. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm thinking in that world. And if you're talking 10 to 12 and you really like rotaries, may as well throw the RX-8 in there, too. At least it's a newer car. You're now, still going to have you your rotary issues. For, price? For, for 10 to 12 grand, yes. Those things, could you, you really? pra- they practically give them away if you want one. Yes. Those things I guess have I keep thinking they're so more long. expensive and hold their value. They were new. But they do not uh, hold their value because of the reliability issues of that rotary engine, which, of course, is one of those things where if you stay on top of it, it'll be fine. If you don't, it's going to be a nightmare. And you hear yeah. all about the engine change discussions. But really, ten grand in your pocket, RX-8, yes, absolutely you could do and that. And that's just kind of a flip so of the got, coin, you know, for mechanical, you know, I don't know. To some degree. You're just kind of. And then you've got scenario two, which is let's get rid of the element and let's go straight fun driver and let's spend 25 grand. And it's interesting here, you talk about big cars again. You're talking about early Corvette C6. You're talking about Dodge Challenger. Those are big cars, man. Yeah. I, I, Steve, I, if you're going to be on a fun road, I, look, I, I, side note, I'm not a muscle car guy. I will acknowledge that. There is something genuinely fun. And just compelling about driving a big muscle car with a lot of power. I do get it. It's not lost on me. It's not my proclivity personally. So I keep thinking about your road. And I keep thinking, I, I want to get you into something new and different. Let's put you into something smaller and nimbler. You'd enjoy a C6. You'd enjoy a Challenger. But let's go smaller, nimbler than that. And so, of course, yes, you you even mentioned it. BRZ, wouldn't it be nice if it was turbo? Yeah. Yeah. Even without a turbo, still a nice car. I hate to say it again, but even without the turbo, still a nice car. For twenty grand, maybe you you check me on this, Paul. But for twenty grand, what about a base first gen Cayman? Uh, well, um, Steve's budget looks like it increased to about twenty five grand. A, if he cuts the, the element loose, he, he, could, cuts, get a, he yeah. could get a base Cayman for twenty five. For twenty five, yeah, it might be a little bit higher mileage, but don't worry about that. I've got an 07, mm-hmm. and mine's an S, but a base Cayman would be loads of fun. Dynamically, mm-hmm. it would be a different planet than you've ever been on. 
You are <laughs> it would be. It would taking be. the spaceship to an entirely different planet of driving if you get in a Cayman yeah. for that kind of money. And here's the thing. They are surprisingly useful on a road trip. They have the front, mm-hmm. the trunk. We just used it again in our, our uh, mid-engines and mountains film. Just yep. as a road trip car, that car is something else in terms of usability. And both Todd and I have looked around going, wow, we're actually comfortable for long distances in it's- this car. It's amazing. It's certainly worth looking at, yeah. Steve. I think you really should at least go go find a Cayman and drive a base one. And I do mean a base one. Go try and drive yeah. a base Cayman. Try to get one that's got decent wheels and some options on it, so it's not a, an absolute base Cayman. But you know, it's going to be it's going to be more powerful and faster than a BRZ, for example. It would outrun the uh, except for the the hyped up twin turbo 300ZX. It's going to outrun that stuff too. I mean, it's it's a genuinely fast car. It's just not as fast as the S. So I think that's got to right. be on there. And again, I'm doing that's the 25 range, which is good. And I'm trying to stay away from just um, I'm trying to stay away from uh, various uh, sedans. I mean, you know, I think about the mm-hmm. twenty five thousand dollar range. We mentioned, uh, I think, an earlier podcast. We'd mentioned like that O three Audi S six uh, RS six. You know, you can get them in there, but they're you know, at yeah, that kind of age but... and mileage, eh, I wouldn't recommend that. So I'm trying to think of and things no... that are. Still going to be good, but not a sedan necessarily. So dynamic. Yeah, that's more hot sedan than it is. I feel like focused yeah. car, and I feel like there's two others here that I want to put in the wild card category, for just based on some of the things you've said. One is you've talked about a lot of American Iron. One is the GTO, those mid two thousands GTOs. Uh, why not look at that? A lot uh, of power, more modern cars. Some other yeah. stuff you're looking at. Yeah, you could get into one of those six speed. It's gonna have it's gonna have a, a blending. It's got a, it's a little bit of a European sensibility more than some of the U.S. cars of that era, because of course it is Australian ultimately. And yes, I do realize Australia is not in Europe. I just want to clarify that. But <laughs> it's it not. does have a little bit more of a European sensibility. Yeah, I know. Shocking. Uh, Americans who vaguely know geography. <laughs> yeah, right. What is this about? How Moving on. Um, so you could go you could go GTO. And then I want to say one other thing to you, Steve, just as a challenge to you. Early on in your in your letter to us, you said. You live in SoCal, but no convertibles, hmm. which is a bit odd. We've avoided a lot of kind of obvious cars by saying no convertibles. Yeah. Now, I will acknowledge I'm not a convertible guy. I want to challenge you on one car, though. Even if you keep the Honda, I think you could look into this. 10, 15, well, not 10, 15 grand, certainly 15 to 25, you have your pick. Honda S2000. Yeah, that's... Reliable. There's options. It would be an incredible car to drive. It is an amazing focused driver's car. Yes, it's a convertible, but I, the non-convertible guy, would say to you, that's a convertible I would buy. I think you need to kind of throw the no convertible rule out long enough to at least go drive an S2000 because that is a driver's car. Steve, I agree. You've got to at least go drive this car just for a, a benchmark, a reference in your driving portfolio. And I was thinking about mentioning this. I, I thought, well, but mm-hmm. yeah, I saw that no convertibles thing. Here's the thing. I've seen Honda S2000s with the hardtop, and they look like a completely yeah. different car. They're actually kind of striking. And if you really don't want that, you could leave it on, get the hardtop, just leave it on, and kind of have a different mm-hmm. look to the S2000 and pretty much have all the benefits of it. I, You've got to drive this car, Steve. We have I think picked so this I car think at least over and it. over and over. Mm-hmm. And at that price point, yeah, there's plenty of those cars, especially in Southern California. Maybe harder yeah, to find one that's not tuned and that kind of thing, but I'm sure you could find one. I really am. And you may be in an AP1, but you're talking about a fun car. An AP1 is yeah. still going to be an incredibly fun car. And the reliability, you know, honestly, can't be beat. Great gearbox. At least 
challenge your no convertibles rule long enough to go check out an S2000 because I think you'll be glad you did. We should probably move on. We should. We should wrap this up and let everybody know that we're really here for video. So please go to youtube.com, Everyday Driver, and check out the videos because, again, a lot of the cars that we recommend we have driven on the show and think of those Mm -hmm. dynamics Mm -hmm. as we're recommending to people. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. And please write in to TV at gmail.com, just like Steve and uh, just like Jason here. Jason did, yeah. Um, these guys wrote in and asked us, and uh, yeah, throw us a curveball, throw us a challenge here if you're really got some <laughs> buying decisions, but uh, we'd love to to debate your your uh, price point, and um, yeah, please and, write and of in. of course, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're looking for us, you were looking for Everyday Driver, that is where to find us. Later on in the year, actually early December, we do have our feature film for the year, Midages and Mountains. Well, yes, how much can we plug this? It is coming out it's later coming this year. It's coming along great. It will be around really in time is. for Christmas. I, I, I have to talk about it just because I'm working on it a lot right now, and I'm awfully excited to share. So that it's, will be coming yeah, up. It's looking great, guys. One other thing coming up, actually later this week, we are going to the LA Auto Show. So next week's podcast will be our debrief about the LA Auto Show. We're looking forward to sharing with you the stuff that we see there. It's supposed to be pretty nuts this year. Yeah. So really looking uh, forward stick to with it. us. That will be fun. Really looking forward to it. So okay. thanks everybody for listening. Looking forward to next week. That'll be the all LA Auto Show special. And uh, really appreciate your ears. Really appreciate you listening. So thank you. Thanks guys. 